What's up, everybody? This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. Uh, you're here with your boys, Marky Mark. And I'm Noah. Yes, and he is Noah. And um, today we're going to be talking about something that we feel a lot of you guys have experienced. If you consider yourself a Christian, I, from one perspective, before you were a Christian, you, you probably believed this or went through this. If you're a Christian now, maybe there's been a point in your life where you have at least to an extent, uh, in a sense, believe this or lack thereof. And today we're going to be talking about um, times of doubting, believing or doubting God or doubting God's existence or question. I guess the, the best phrase would be questioning God. Um, I've been there. I'm in, I'm in seasons like that now. Now, before you say, oh, you're questioning God now. Well, why are you doing a Christian podcast? Because <laughs> we keep it real here. I, I'm, I'm still a Christian. I love God with all my heart. But we go through seasons sometimes where we wonder. Maybe it's people haven't heard from God or haven't heard their prayers answered and, and they're feeling like giving up. Maybe it's they're digging deeper into the Bible and it leaves them with more questions than it does answers. Uh, I mean, there are people who, yeah, they jump the gun. They, they pray for something for a few days and then they don't hear an answer, so then they peace out. Right. You know, And then you say, were they ever really a Christian or this and that? But there are people who have had seasons, months and years of, trying to fit in in the church, trying to figure out God, trying to pursue Him, trying to overcome their problems, their addictions, their struggles, their issues, trying to find answers to life, trying to just hear from God, even if their life's going well, just trying to hear from Him, and it leaves them questioning even more when they don't. And um, so we're going to be talking about that today. We both volunteered our church, but that doesn't mean we haven't had doubts in the past. That doesn't mean we don't have doubts now, because we do. Right. I think it is important that we question everything. And you can say, no, what... We don't question the Bible, but then how do you truly know you're a believer? How do you truly know you're saved? If it was like for me, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. My mom was the women's ministry leader. My two brothers became pastors. Uh, my sister volunteered in the church. But how do we, am I supposed to just assume, yeah, I'm a Christian? Well, why? Well, my dad's a pastor. Well, why? Well, my mom is a ministry leader and my, you know, my brothers are pastors. My sister volunteers in the, in the church. Well, why are you a Christian? Well, because of all that, that doesn't make me a Christian. You have to seek it out for yourself. And sometimes when you really dig deep, it can be a beautiful thing and it can help unravel the, these issues of doubt, but it can also raise them even more. I heard it said that sometimes when people give up their own version that they've created of God and being a Christian, when they give that up and in, a, in, a, and in one sense walk away from, from that, that's when they truly experience a beauty, beauty in God, the, the fullness of Him. And sometimes in the world people be like, oh, you're walking away from God, or what are you, agnostic now, are you atheist, or were you even really a Christian? Sometimes we need to walk away mentally, and I don't really even know how to explain that, but if you've been going through it, you would know, and that's how sometimes you truly find God. You get rid of your definition of your own searching, your own definition of God, and that's when maybe you start to find the true Savior. Some people might take months and they might walk away from the church for a while. But if they are continually searching and they are continually pursuing uh, to hear from God, then I think they will find Him. And this might be controversial. This might be crazy. You might think, what are you guys talking about? How can you talk about this if you're people in the church? Because we're being vulnerable. Because our listeners and people in the church, everyday people like us, are vulnerable people. Just because we volunteer in our church doesn't mean we have it all together. Just, there are pastors out there who have walked away from church for a while because they were questioning God. 
And I thank God that some of them have come back. Some of them might not have. But we need to question what we believe if we truly believe it. You don't just jump headfirst into something. You study it first, right? You, you do your research. You don't just jump into the mission field and not know anything about it. You, you research that city. You research the culture. If we are Christians, why are we Christians? We need to research our beliefs and know it. Because if we don't really know it, are we really a believer? And when we research it, that might bring up more questions. But we need to pursue God more. Right. I know I'm all over the place, but that's my introduction. Um, this is going to get raw and real. I'm going to pass it on to Noah. All right. Uh, one thing I want to say real quick before we before I say my opening stuff is that one, um, I, I know I've done a few podcasts around doubt and whatnot before, so I encourage you to maybe go back and listen to those if you want a little bit more on terms listen of... Listen to all of them if you have Yeah. All of them. But yeah, that one... Yeah. Um, where I talk a little bit more about the evidence and things like that, if you experience that. Anyways, um, one thought that came to mind, you kind of mentioned it, is that doubt does not necessarily mean, like, you have no faith. Right. Um, a, a lyric, a song lyric just popped into my head um, from a Christian rapper where he said, the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's when I have it all figured out. And the point is that, you know, doubt and faith are not mutually exclusive. Like, we often think that if I have doubt, then that means I have no faith and vice versa, and that's not necessarily the case. And so my point being is that it's okay to, you know, be struggling with doubts, it's okay to have them, and maybe you do need to take a step away from ministry to kind of figure things out. You know, maybe that service ends up being more of a hassle and getting in the way of things than it does helping because you need to figure stuff out, whatever that might look like. You know, it's okay to take a step back and say, I don't have all the answers right now, which we'll never have all the answers, but rather I am struggling with not having the answers and I need to figure out how to handle that properly. Um, so that being said, a few stories from uh, the Gospels that come to mind. Uh, one is obviously the story of Doubting Thomas. Um, and the reason I think of that is because he's a great example of how you can have doubts and still be in a place of faith because Thomas wasn't doubting because he just didn't believe. He was doubting because, you know, he was told that Jesus was alive and that's an extreme claim to make, you know, but he was still faithful. And Jesus even said, I, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but he says on the lines of like, you know, blessed are you like hey, good job for wanting to see the proof for yourself. And he ended up being better off for it. You know, so it's okay to say, I don't have an answer in front of me. I want to find it. You know, that's fine. Um, but anyways, the scripture I did have that I wanted to read was Mark chapter 9, verse uh, 23 to 25. Um, it's a story where there's this kid who has a demon in him, and the father brings the kid before Jesus. And verse 23, uh, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Or, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, and then Jesus rebukes, rebukes the spirit. Um, the kid ends up dying, but Jesus brings the kid back to life. And the story ends there. And you see this father who says, part of me believes, but there's a part of me who doesn't. And unfortunately, we don't get the conclusion to the father's story other than his kid ends up being saved and brought back to life. But we don't know what happened to that father's belief. But what I like is that 
you see this person who says, there's a part of me that believes, but there's a part of me that doesn't, you know? And again, my point being is that it's okay as Christians to say, you know what, God? I believe. I believe enough to talk to you, but there's a part of me that doesn't believe, you know? And that's perfectly okay. You know, it's important that we deal with that, but it shouldn't be something that we push away or shy away from or if somebody says that to treat them poorly. I mean, Jesus still helped this man. Jesus still performed the miracle. He still did something to help this man's unbelief. He didn't say, oh, a part of you doesn't believe. I guess I can't help you. You know what I mean? He still helped the man. He still reached out to the man. And I want to make it clear before we get too far into the what you should do and things like that, that none of this is necessarily a bad thing. Now, if that doubt begins to pull you away into a place of sin or, or things like that, then yeah, that's a bigger issue. But in general, having questions, having doubts, wanting to know more, wanting to get to the bottom of an issue, all that stuff is natural and can be healthy because it can actually strengthen your faith if you tackle it and you find those answers and things like that. Yeah, I, I would say a few thoughts. Um, if you are questioning God's existence, like if you are a Christian and you are questioning in your life God's existence or you, you questioning God, well that means to me you still have some belief in God. Right. I shared this in one of the videos we did for our church um, about unbelief. If you are doubting you know, some form of, you're like, I'm not sure if I, you know, this belief in God, I, I'm not sure. Well, if you are wrestling with things, with God, that means you have some belief in God. And it might be small. Uh, I've been there. Just because I grew up in the church, because I went to Bible school, I worked at a church, uh, I messed up my life. And there was many times where in that time of recovery, and all of us in our lives are always going to be in some type of recovery from from relationships, friendships, hurts, um, sin, different things. Um, but I would question God when I would feel like I'm working my butt off to get right. Right. And I don't say that like in a workspace because you can say, oh, well, that's workspace, just all on God. Yeah, but if someone has an issue with pornography and they never block their phone, put programs on their phones, they're never accountable to brothers or sisters in the church, you know, and then... They wonder why they're not hearing from God to help heal them when they're not willing to take the steps they need to do. You know, that's different. But, like, there was times in my life where I did everything I could, where I felt like I put up all these spiritual walls for all the issues I had, and there, there might have been little cracks here and there because you're never going to have this perfect setup. But spiritually speaking, I had all these walls built up. I had gone to different counselors and all these things. Yet, when I was still struggling, I felt like, God, where are you? And there was many times where I prayed to God. I said, God, I want you to show up. I want you to, to speak to me. I want to hear from you. I want you to be real. I know you're real. I hear you're real. But there's a part of me in my heart that for some reason still says, I want you to be real because there's a part of me that doubts. Right. It's easy if you hear from God. I have a story, and I'll keep it really brief, where I feel like, I, I'm not saying I heard from Satan, but I might have heard from like maybe a demon or something, and I was violently sick when I lived in Kentucky. I shared this maybe in one of the podcasts. We've done so many, I don't remember. I shared it with family, and when I lived in Kentucky, I shared it in letters and over the phone with people. It ended up being like this violent flu that it, was, it wasn't anything more than a flu, but it was really, really bad. And it lasted like a few days, and I missed like two days of work. 
and that was it. But I remember just feeling bad. I was at work and I threw up right before we clocked out and I felt like it had to do with my lunch because I had, I had a banana and a cup of noodle soup, which that combination, telling you now, don't, don't do it. <laughs> I didn't put the banana in my cup of noodle soup, oh, but, okay. Good. but you know, <laughs> I thought, man, I should eat something healthy, so I brought a banana with my cup of noodles. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> so then I'm, I was working in a factory, and I just, as we're riding around on machines and like a forklift and things, so forklift certified because I'm a G. Um, after a while, like the faster I would go picking up stuff, doing the, I just felt something in my stomach. Right as we we're putting stuff away and we we're getting ready to clock out, I couldn't handle it and I just hacked all over the, the concrete floor in our um, work building. And, um, I remember my, my, my second supervisor looking at me and I took a few steps to try to go to the bathroom and then I hacked some more and he's like, just go to the bathroom. Super mad at me. It is what it is. But then I just thought, oh, it's something I had at lunch. But then I go home to where, where I was living at in Kentucky and I remember laying down on, on the bunk bed in the Christian rehabilitation programs and, and right as I laid down right before dinner, I, I just felt it and I jumped down, went to the backyard and I just started heaving and hoeing, just left and right. And I'm a small dude, so I, I, I the pounds were dropping. <laughs> and I just remember laying down on the ground and I heard a voice say, you can't fool me, in like a satanic voice. And I just remember crying and bawling and throwing up some more and eventually some of the staff, men and women, they, they came and they helped me and I, I tried eating dinner a little bit later and I threw up some more. Eventually they anointed me with oil and prayed over me. But I remember that time where I feel like I heard something evil. I'm not going to say it was Satan or a demon, but it was something evil. And it said, you can't fool me because I, it was the sense of I was trying to get right for the first time in my life. Like legitimately striving for, for goodness. From sexual immorality, from gambling, heavy gambling. and. I felt like that was Satan trying to say, this isn't the real you. The real you is hanging out with the women, the couples, the gambling, all that stuff. And I remember that time hearing from God. Am I perfect today? No, but I, God has brought me so much farther along. It's amazing where I've gone. And I'll never be perfect because no, no one will ever be perfect. It is what it is. But the point being here is there's been times where I've really questioned God since then. I've heard an evil voice, but I don't know if I've ever heard directly from God. I've heard people, I've heard indirectly from God or I felt led to walk certain streets when we'd evangelize. Oh, I feel like I should turn this way and then and then I would have this amazing conversation and get to pray with someone. But have I actually heard directly from God? No. I know some people have been believers for years and they might say, I haven't heard directly from God. But there's been things where I feel like I'm struggling more than I feel like I should be considering the amount of work I put in in the different states I've been to and the different counseling I've been to to get right overall spiritually with God. And there's still things in my life where mentally I can't comprehend. And it bothers the crap out of me that, that why am I struggling mentally in different, in different areas of my life so much? And I've been crying out to God and I've been wanting God and I, I know God's real. I go to church. I love Him. But there's a part of my mind that still says, I want you to be real. Which is confusing to me because I believe in God, but there's a part of me that wants him to be real. And maybe that's like the part of me that's doubting God. And look, I worked at a church here. I got a Bible degree. I, I'm one of the main, me and Noah here, we're, we're some of the main volunteers at our church. 
you know, not staff, but just main volunteers that help out with the sound, with behind the scenes, with videos, with everything. Yet I have been filled with so much doubt on and off throughout the years in different seasons. And I read my Bible at times and I pray and I try to really get something out of it. And there's a lot of days where it's nothing. And I do it like someone who works out. If they don't work out for a few days, they feel it. You know, I do it because I feel like I need to do it. Do I get something out of it? A lot of times I don't, and I'm being real, but I still do my best to do it because I know that's what keeps, it keeps me sane. Because when I'm farther away from it, I make like really bad decisions. And when I'm close, sometimes I don't feel anything, but I feel like it's what I need to do. And that was kind of why I had this idea to do a podcast on questioning God. Because there's times where I question Him, where if I'm away from it, it's bad. But if I'm close to the Bible and close to try to get close to him, I don't feel anything. But I, I recognize it's one of those things where like you don't notice it till it's gone. Like when you have heavy bass in your band or your, your worship team, you might not even notice it. But then the moment that, that bassist is not there, there's no bass, you notice a difference in the worship if you really think about it. And I feel like it's like that with me right now in parts of my life with God. Now to... to, to repeat myself, I, I feel like God is, I'm not leaving God, I'm not walking away from God, I'm not walking away from the church, best believe me, I'm, I'm not doing that, but I have serious questions, and I have serious doubts at times, and I've seen enough to know God's real, but I've also grown in, grown in life so much that I have a lot of questions that haven't been answered between me and my walk with God, that have me questioning even though I know He's real. Right. I just thinking right now and I don't know if this I'm not saying this is specifically your situation but it's possible that for some people who are in that boat of they believe but they're questioning God or you know questioning you know why isn't God see <clears throat> why isn't God doing more for me and things like that it's possible that it comes from a place of like comparison in a sense where you look at somebody and you say this person is hearing from God this person is receiving miracles, this person is whatever, and I'm over here doing the best I can and I'm not getting anything, you know what I mean? I think it's easy sometimes, even like reading the Bible, you look at people in the Old and New Testament who were seeing miraculous stuff done, you know what I mean? And even this weekend sermons, your dad is talking about uh, Pentecost, and something like that, we see this incredible event happening and it's like, how come we don't see that? Or how come I don't see that? So I think it's easy sometimes as Christians to start comparing ourselves to those who are receiving blessings or who are hearing from God and get into this mindset of, why isn't this happening to me? And then that turns into, are you even real, God? Or, you know, whatever. And I don't know if that's specifically your situation, but I think that's something that can happen sometimes to Christians, both young and old. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in a period of time where nothing is happening on God's end, per se, it can sometimes feel like, you know, why aren't you doing anything? And another good point, too, is that from our perspective, it might seem like God is ignoring us or isn't helping us, but there could be so much more going on behind the scenes that we don't even know about. You know? I, I just, I hate, but, I hate, and I don't, I'm not saying you were going to say that. <laughs> and if you are, that's okay, because we're not, we're not supposed to agree I'll on everything. <laughs> we're not supposed to agree on everything. Right. I hate when people say, well, everything happens for a reason. Right, yeah. I'm like, they take that one scripture way out of context, and it's like, 
with my life story and everything I've gone through, I don't think God would have wanted me to go through all these different things and all this pain and heartache over these years just to learn a few little lessons when he could have showed me way beforehand. When, right. when, when maybe some of it was on me and my sin, and I could have learned that lesson from the first minor warning signs instead of going digging deeper into all this sin that we all get into at some point and then learning a harder lesson. Right. And, and yeah, that wasn't necessarily what I was going to I see what you're saying, but okay. I think it is important to know that regardless of why you're in your situation you're in, God is still in control. So for one reason or another, you did go through what you did went through, and you are where you are. Why that is, we might never know. You know, why God is acting the way he is, we might never know, but he is still in control. And as hard as that can be to believe sometimes, you know, it is the truth. And it helps. It doesn't get rid of the doubts or anything like that, but it helps to say, you know what? I don't like it, but, you know, it is what it is. Look at Habakkuk. I'm here, Habakkuk, yeah. uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 4. Um, Habakkuk's basically asking God, like, why God seems to delay judgment. Right. And this is more of like a doubt questioning type of thing as opposed to questioning if God's real. He's just questioning God's decision making. Right. But it's kind of, it's it's in that same ballpark that a lot of people would, because I think some people start with, God, why haven't you done this? Done, why God, why are you allowing this and that? And then it starts to then getting them questioning God. Right. But he says, verse two to four, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Hmm. Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Um, I like what some of it says when he talked about, when he used the word violence. Habakkuk looked at violence and injustice around him in the nation of Judah, and he wondered where God was and why God did not set things right. You know, the context is key, because like I mentioned earlier about everything happens for a reason. People take that scripture uh, based on that out of context, just like right. people take Philippians 4.13 <laughs> out of context. Right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I'm going to join the NFL. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. One hit in, in one hit and you're donezo. Right. Like you won't even make it that far. But that's about Habakkuk looked at the violence and injustice around him in the nation of Judah and he was wondering why God wasn't setting things right. And then he goes on to ask an excellent question while we're talking about questioning God. He's questioning God right thereafter. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? Hmm. Right away he's asking a question. This is Habakkuk. This was an excellent question, in my opinion. Like, why does God, if we use it today, because, oh, that's Old Testament stuff. But why does God allow us to see iniquity and trouble in ourselves or in others? Why does he allow, and honestly, I am still questioning that. Why does he allow me to see trouble? Why does he allow me, I don't want to say allow me to fall into trouble, because that's, I mean, he allows me to make my choices. Right. But, and, and, and I like what one writer said. A few reasons why God allows us to see iniquity in ourselves is to keep us humble, maybe, to keep us submissive to Him in our hour of trouble, um, to make us value salvation more, um, maybe uh, things like that. 
But then he, another reason is why does God allow us to see iniquity in others? Maybe to show us what we might have, what we might have been ourselves. To make us see the wickedness of sin that we might pass by it and hate it and not indulge in it ourselves. I think that, that's a good point. Like when we see pain and suffering in others, maybe it's a, a point of reference to, hey, wow, that person, they're an alcoholic. Why is God allowing them to get drunk on the streets and they're homeless or they lost a family? I mean, they made those choices. I believe in for real. But it's also a reminder of us, like, maybe to skip over that sin, to, 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 walk, to try not to get into that because we're seeing the effects of it. But to make us see the wickedness of sin, uh, to make us admire the grace of God when he saves sinners. Um, another one they put by Charles Spurgeon, he said, to set us more earnestly to work that God can use us to save others and extend God's kingdom. Ah, my brethren... We need to know more of the evil of men to make us more earnest in seeking their salvation. For if there be anything in which the church is lacking more than in any, than any other matter, it is in the matter of earnestness. I think we are not honest with people. We are not honest with ourselves. I think people walk away from the church. They go from questioning God's uh, maybe judgment or lack of judgment or why he is allowing things. And we allow that because we're quiet about it. We allow that to seep into where we start questioning the actual existence of God. And then when we don't say anything, eventually that leads to us posting on our social media saying we no longer believe in God anymore. And because we were quiet about it every step of the way. Now, I'm not saying if you shared it with someone that everything would be okay. It helps, though. <laughs> it, it helps. I'm talking it out as we speak. Right. You know, I've talked to people in my life. Who, who have came to me about things years ago that I feel like I'm questioning now. And the advice I gave them, I feel like to this day was still good advice, but it doesn't always work. I don't even know how to say it. Like, if you work out and you listen to, a, you get like a one-on-one -on -one trainer, a personal trainer, and they will look at you, they will look at your health issues, they will look at different things, they'll get you on a diet plan and a workout plan that will, that will ease you into starting to get more healthy and it will work out. But that's a little different for everybody and the results take longer for different people. Right. I feel like it's the same with God. You can give advice to someone and it might be godly biblical advice and boom, it starts working out for them. But maybe for you, when you're in that situation later on, it might take you years. Right. There are people, churches, whether you agree with their theology or not, they lay hands on them and, and their arm starts to move and they, it's starting to get healed. And they pray again. And I was at a church like that for a year. And then they, they could move their arm completely and they would say, God's healed them. And maybe he legitimately did. And then there are people who, who suffer cancer for years and they go through treatments for years until they succumb to it and they die. And we question, where was God in all that? Right. Where is God in the famines? And people say, you know, God, God, God's allowing your mistakes to, to overcome you. But what about the children who die of cancer? Like, that bothers the crap of their children who did not live in sin. They were children, and they died of things. Where was God there? Where was God, if he is the God of the universe who controls the winds, the seas, the waves, everything in between, then why are there huge tsunamis? Why are there huge things that just rip apart cities and countries, and they have to rebuild? Where is God there? And I'm being real. I love God. But these are things I question. And people might say, how could you post this? There's weak, there might be weak-minded Christians out there, and they, and they might succumb to what you're saying. I'm just being real. We need to question everything in our walk with God. Because are you really a question, Christian? Like I said earlier, like, 
oh yeah, because my family goes to church. Because I, I don't want you to die years from now thinking, you know, you are a Christian just because you went to church every week, and then God sends you to hell because you were just like the generic USA Christian that, oh yeah, I go to church. Oh yeah, you know, I even have family that 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 serve in the church. When you never really had a personal encounter with Him. Because you never question, you just assume, oh yeah, God's real. How much of the world would say, oh yeah, God's real, but they never had an actual encounter with him because they never had a verbal fight with God trying to figure out who he is, why he's here, and heaven and hell, and healing, and passion, and purpose, and peace with him. And they never dealt those things with God, and they just assumed everything would be okay. And they were never truly saved. I want to take go on a limb here and almost get to the point where I'm not saying it's in the Bible or not saying until you have a verbal fight with God and you truly question his existence I don't I don't know if you are truly saved how many people how many great preachers of this world had a truly God experience but it took months years of crying out for something more searching for truth atheists who converted to Christianity because they were searching for something more on, on a side note a lot of the Psalms are very much like verbal fights with God. Exactly. David, David, like, on a side note. Like and, David and they're questioning God. And most of those people who became the greatest evangelists, who became the, not to like say, look at them, but the greatest powerful people in the world, some of them are like these Christians who were atheists. Why? Because they had encounters with God. Well, some of them, it was these crazy encounters with God because they fought God, because they searched for truth. How many of these atheists that are now strong Christians fought tooth and nail to prove God not being real, and it just became real. Yeah, Lee Strobel, the case uh, for Christ, I believe it's called, and he questioned. And um, I think as Christians, though, when we kind of grew up in church, we didn't really question anything. It was just kind of handed to us. Here's the Bible. Here's God. And honestly, if I ever get married one day, and I, hopefully I will, I know that'll make my mom very happy. I know that'll make a <laughs> it'll lot. Make of, me very happy. Make <laughs> no very happy. I think it'll make a lot of women in the church that very have been sad. praying for me yes. to find a godly wife. I think that'll make them happy. But um, I think this um, idea here of yeah, I would want those things. I want that stuff. But I, I think growing up in the church, I never questioned anything. And if I just, it was just handed to me, you know, then I just assumed it was all true. But I never really, there was parts of my life where through my actions, and I never really had a relationship with him. Because I just assumed he was real. And I never actually questioned it or experienced it for myself. And I think if you are a Christian, question your faith. And I don't say it to walk away and say, do I really believe in God? Not that we're perfect, because I say that line like every podcast. Not that we're perfect, but do you truly believe in God? And do your actions, are they on the path of showing it? Are you an alcoholic? Do you sleep around, but you're trying to get right with God? Do your actions show it? I question God in a lot of areas, but I come from a perspective. I was in the church, and there was some life where I went out and lived my own life. And now I'm trying to get back in, and I'm questioning everything. And I think it's going to end up beautiful, hopefully. But I don't want to just assume I know God. I want to question His Word, question Him, because that's how I feel like I can truly know Him. If you get to know your coworker just a little bit, you don't know much about them. But if you ask them questions, hey, where are you from? Hey, where were you born? Hey, you know, oh, you're married? That's cool. And, you, and then you start to build a relationship. And then you get into more in-depth questions. Oh, how many kids do you have? Or 
oh, you used to you used to go to church. What's that about? Or you get to know their innermost parts. You know, oh, you used to have health issues, and what was that like? Oh, your dad died at a young age. You know, and you start to really get to know them. Then there's this bond there. But you don't really get to know someone if you don't ask them anything. It's hard for me to really know God if I don't really dig into his word. If I don't really question what I'm reading and right. ask him about it and try to hear from him. That's kind of where I'm at. Right. Uh, kind of responding to that. Because I was thinking about, like, how do I react in those same situations? Like you said, you know, questioning, like, why is this hurricane happening? Or why does... God allow us to see the injustice. And I thought about, like, how does that, how's that for me, right? How do I address that question? And for me, I'm kind of in a slightly different position because I remember a long time ago, like years ago, I read this quote, and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but some of the lines of, like, much like a worm tries to comprehend a human, so do we try to comprehend God. And... I, that quote has stuck with me for years because every time I hit that situation where I'm like, why did God allow X, Y, or Z to happen, right? I remember, I think, at the end of the day, no matter how much this troubles me, no matter how much I think about it, I will never truly be able to understand. And that doesn't remove all the questions, remove all the doubts. But for me personally, it doesn't concern me as much when I see the... Uh, these injustices or these things happening, I don't end up in a position of that same kind of doubt because I'll try to understand it, of course. I'll try to rationalize it or find a logical conclusion. But at some point, if I can't, I understand at the end of the day, I probably never could anyways. You know, we're dealing with God at the end of the day. You know, something so far beyond our understanding. And that's not going to work for everybody. I understand that. But at least for me personally, I find some solace in that idea that there's just some things we can't know. You know, obviously it, we'll still have our emotional response and we'll still, you know, react to that and we'll still feel that anger, that frustration. But once those emotions start to fade, then it's like, okay, I probably couldn't find an answer anyway. So I don't know. That's just how I have come to view that situation. Um, but moving on, I want to move to something else, if you have nothing else to add on that specific topic. Um, I have something else, but I, I, I imagine I'll probably go with whatever you're going to say next, because it's a little different, so we're good. Okay. Um, I, what, what I want to do is, I, there's a song that I listen to, um, and I'm just going to read all the lyrics to the song. <sighs> Sorry. I'm just it, it, I think the whole thing just plays entirely into what we're talking about. Um, if there's anything you hear that you want to talk about, just interrupt. I'm pretty and, good at that. Um, the song is called Dear God by a rapper called Dax. Um, if you're into hip-hop, you can listen to it. If you're not into hip-hop or rap, you're not going to like the song at all. What? what? <laughs> um, so if you listen to hip-hop at all, probably for a younger audience, I encourage you to check it out. There is some profanity that I censored out. Um, so just warning if you do wow, listen. You're, you're going <laughs> to quote a non-Christian No, he is Christian, but he uses profanity, so he's... <laughs> um, but anyway, so the song is called Dear God, and it's basically all about him questioning God in a very literal way. Um, so again, just interrupt if anything comes to your mind. I just, won't make, uh, <laughs> I just won't make this clear. I am a believer, but sometimes it gets hard. Dear God, there's a lot of questions that I have about the past, and I don't want to hear it from a human you made. So you're the last person that I'm ever going to ask. Tell me what's real. Tell me what's fake. 
Why is everything about you a debate? What's the point of love? Every time I've showed it, I was broken, and it's forced me just to only want to hate. Why, why is there only one you, but multiple religions? Why does every conversation end in a division? Why does everybody want to tell us how to live, but they won't listen to the same message they are giving? Tell me how to feel, tell me what's wrong. I tried to call, pick up the phone, I'm on my own. Everybody says you're coming back, then man, why is it taking so long? Why do I hurt? Why is there pain? Why does everything good always have to change? Tell me, are you black or are you white? I don't even really care, I just want to know what's right. They've been saying one thing, but I've been looking in the book, and it seems like they've been lying for my whole life. Tell me where am I going? Is it heaven or hell? I just hope this message greets you well. I had a dream that I was walking with the devil. Don't remember how it feels, but I swear that I remember the smell. Looked me right into the eyes and told me everything I wanted. Could be mine if I gave up and decided to sell. But I said I'd rather die than get mine, now I'm here. No fear one man with a story to tell. Dear God, where were you when I needed it? When I messed up and repeated it. When they set the bar and I exceeded it. My life is like a book that they've been judging by cover, but have never took the time to read it. I remember telling you my goals and my dreams, but you didn't even answer, so I guess you didn't believe in it. I remember sitting with a gun to my head trying to ask you for some help, but I guess you didn't believe in it. I don't want religion. I need that spirituality. I don't want a church. I need people to call a family. I don't want to tell my sins to another sinner just because he's got a robe and went to some academy. I don't want to read it in a book. I want to hear it from you. I don't want to learn it in a school because they're hiding the truth. Don't want to talk about it to another human being, and that's the only reason that I even stepped in this booth. Dear God, how do I take this darkness and turn it into light? How do I believe in a concept where I speak to a man I've never seen with my own two eyes? How do I know that religion wasn't made just to separate the world and create a whole disguise? How do I know this ain't some big joke? How can I have faith when there is no hope? There's a lot of things I want to talk about and get off my chest. I can't sleep because the devil won't let me rest. Dear God, do you hear me? I'm supposed to fear you, but you ain't said anything, so maybe it's you who actually fears me. I don't want the answer, I just want to see it clearly. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer, I just want to see it clearly. So many lies, there's a thousand different theories, dear God. I don't want to have to ask you again, I just hope that you know I'm still a believer, so I'll end this all by saying amen. Mm. Really good song, and you might have to play that again just to get all of it. But, or actually go listen to the song. Or listen to the song if, if you want to. Um, there's a lot in there, but I mean, the gist of it is that, you know, there is a lot of questions. There is a lot of, of things that we can deal with. Um, let's see if there's any line specifically you want to... Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think the, the key is, is that at the end of it all, my favorite part is just at the end where he says... I just want you to know that I'm still a believer, so I'll end this all by saying amen. And that's kind of the point that we've been saying is that regardless of what you feel and where you're at, where you're at, it's important that you're at least taking the time to go to God about it, right? If you're like, man, I don't get why God allowed this to happen, but you don't actually bring it up to him, that's not going to help, you know what I mean? That's not to say that immediately you're going to find an answer or you know, God's going to speak to you, whatever. But it would be like if I was mad at Marky for something, but I never actually told him what it was. All the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what good is that going to do? And then I, you know, two weeks later, you know, stop talking to Marky without ever telling him what's wrong, you know, that it's not right. You know what I mean? I have to be like, hey, 
I have this issue and then you know and you, figure you, it can't, out. you can't get mad at that like people who don't study and then they fail their test and then they get mad like why did I fail right well you didn't study right and so my point is is that unless your doubt is specifically to whether God exists which I think is a slightly different conversation it's important that you air that grievance that you come to God about it and maybe something will happen maybe he will you know do something um, I, I shared this story a few months ago when I was doing a podcast on my own where basically I was at a worship night at my school and I was just having a hard time that night and I remember praying to God just for some kind of help for something and I was kind of in that boat of like questioning whether God was going to come through questioning what God was going to do why he hadn't done anything all that kind of stuff and I that night as I was leaving these two people came up and said hey we felt led by God to come out and pray for you. And it wasn't life-changing, but it was a small thing to say, you know what, you know, obviously God heard me and he's doing something, right? Even if it's not, like I said, life-changing or, or gonna change my entire direction, it was enough for me to feel confident that I wasn't still alone in that moment. But that probably wouldn't have happened had I not moments earlier been like, hey God, where are you? You know what I mean? And it's important that we air those grievances, regardless of what they are, whatever situation you're in, why you're upset, why you're angry. Like you said, Mark, we need to have that argument every once in a while. It's okay to let out our emotions toward God and say, hey, I'm upset, I'm angry, I, I, where are you, what's going on? You know? And so I think this song, again, if, if you want to go back and re-listen to it or listen to the song, it's called Dear God. I think it just really sums up a lot of the questions we have in a way that's, you know, the point is, is that this guy is doing it in as respectful a manner as he can, despite his anger and frustration, you know? Yeah. He's airing that out and making it known and saying, hey, I do have these questions, but I'm not going to bottle them up. I'm not going to feed into the doubts. I'm not going to just walk away. I'm going to try to address this and find some answers, you know, and actually do something about it, you know? Yeah, I, I would say... Um going back to the Habakkuk at the end of the the last few verses because we're reading two through four and it said um, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble for plundering and violence are before me there's strife and contention arises therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous therefore perverse judgment proceeds and there's some words he uses he uses iniquity trouble Plundering and violence, strife, contention, the law is powerless, justice never goes for, uh, forth, perverse judgment proceeds. That, that to me is someone who is angry and he's questioning. I like what uh, this one writer said, Habakkuk saw trouble and sin everywhere, from personal, relationships, from personal relationships to the courts of law. This distressed him so much that he cried out to God and asked God why he didn't bring judgment and immediately correct things. Another point uh, made, Habakkuk dealt with the questions that come up when someone really believes God, yet looks around and sees that the world doesn't seem to match up with how God wants it. Habakkuk saw this, especially remembering the prior times of revival under King Josiah and asked, Lord, why are you allowing this? And I can relate to Habakkuk like, I'm seeing things around me. I'm not just talking about the things with people and police brutality or, 
you know, the COVID-19 or, and why is God allowing all this to happen? I, I, I can't explain every single situation because every single situation might be different, you know. Um, but what I can say is for my own life personally, I can only work on myself, right? We can't work on others. But if I don't question anything, it, I mean, like even these things like COVID-19 or the police brutality or or black-on-black -black crime, or as of this recording, there was like 50, 50 shots fired in Chicago over the last weekend, and 10 people, I think, were fatally wounded. I mean, if I'm not questioning God during these times and asking what's going on and trying to do that, um, I don't know. I feel like when I do that, sometimes that can strengthen the faith because you're sincerely seeking. You're not questioning your faith by going to... Um, CNN, you're not questioning your faith by going to the bar and getting your news from the drunk sitting next to you. You know, like when I question God, there are times where I question Him, but I have to remind myself, even though I might have not gotten an answer, even though He might have not spoken to me directly, I come to the thought of, well, at least I questioned Him. I didn't go and question Him through the drunks at the bar. I didn't go and question Him through through gambling or through um, getting high or or drugs or whatever it might be people do I didn't get question him by seeing you know fake news on the right or the left on articles or social media or on TV I questioned him I questioned him by going to him cops cops when they have when they have to do investigations and things they question the people involved they don't question some per some random person down the street who wasn't even there. Right. You know, if I have an issue with what's going on in society today, and why God might be allowing this, or personally why God is not answering me in my prayers, why am I going to go question the person on TV when it's between me and God? Right. Can I talk about it with other people? Sure, I'm talking about it now with you guys on this podcast. The few listeners we still have left, probably. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I question things in my life pertaining to me and God. And I'm questioning them in my time with God. Me to God. Right. Have I found answers to a lot of those questions? No, I have not. Have I heard from God directly? Not that I can remember. Maybe friends and family will hear this and they'll be like, well, I remember you sharing this story, that story, and, and, and maybe there is a time and I just can't remember it. But off the top of my head, I can't remember a time where God directly spoke to me. I shared earlier about a time where I felt like something satanic or something bad spoke to me directly, and it was a violent flu I had. And I'm not saying Satan did that, but it, it does make me wonder sometimes. But I, I know that when the person I'm questioning, I go to him. And if you're questioning God, if you're questioning things about God, go to Him about those questions. I haven't heard answers from Him about everything, but I still go to Him about those questions. If I have a question about health, I'm not going to go to the owner of a buffet. I'm going to go to a health expert. I'm going to go to a personal trainer. Go to the if I want to, if I have questions about baseball, I'm not going to go to some basketball player. I'm going to go to the baseball coach. You know, but it, there is things that people ask they, all the time. Maybe you've asked some of these questions. If God is all loving, he's all powerful, why is there evil in the world? 
I'm sure we've all asked questions like that before. Um, why does he allow evil in the world? And if evil is a result of our free will, then how come there's famine and disease when that had nothing to do with, with us and our free choices? You know what I mean? Those are just questions I ask sometimes. I'm just keeping it real. You know, when we talk about why does Jesus, you know, or should I say like Abraham, um, why does he tell, why does God tell Abraham to kill his son? You know, why does, um, why does, uh, what is it, why does God seem so pissed off in most of the Old Testament, but then all of a sudden he's a loving father in the New Testament? Why does he say not to kill, but then instruct Israel to turn around and kill men, women, and children to take the promised land? Why does God let Job suffer horrible things just so he can, in a sense, win a bet with Satan? Why does he tell Abraham to kill his son? More killing. And then, and then basically say, just kidding, that was a test. Why does God have to die for our sins? Again, more killing. If God can do anything, can't he forgive without someone dying? Like, I, would, I personally was raised in the church to say, you know, to forgive people. Just forgive people. But forgiving people doesn't involve a scenario of dying. It's just me forgiving them. So why did God have to die? Well, I mean, these are just random questions that I read from an article that someone positioned that was questioning God. And it got me thinking about that. That was just from an article I read. And it got me questioning these things. And I'm not trying to discourage people. I'm just saying I wholeheartedly believe in God. I love God. I know he's the answer. I know one day hopefully I can get married. I know to a godly woman. I know one day things will work out if I keep pursuing him. But I have these questions, and I want to question them. Because if one day someone comes to you with those questions, and for years you just denied, and you say, oh, yeah, I believe in God, and then they come to you with questions like that, and you don't know how to answer, it's going to get you severely questioning God, but in all the wrong ways. Right. And that's just my opinion. Me and Noah might be on different wavelengths with our thoughts and what we're talking about, but that's what our podcast, what I like about our podcast, we might not agree on everything. And maybe listen to this and you think you guys are agreeing on everything tonight. Or maybe we're disagreeing on everything. <laughs> I don't know. But when I question God, I go to Him. And I have questions just like that article I just read. I, question, I have a lot of those same questions. Why is it in the Old Testament God is, seems so brutal? And I know each story and each time is a different context. I agree you have to look at the context. But why is it each time He seems so brutal at times? But then you flip over to the New Testament, now he's this loving God. Totally different. And you can say, well, it's the entering into the New Covenant. I get it. I truly believe God. I love him. But there's a lot of things I'm still wrestling with, you know, in this day and age. And I'm wrestling with things like today with COVID-19 and with police brutality and these things. And I'm wrestling not with why these things are happening, but why and how different church leaders have all these different answers for why they're happening. They believe that we all believe in the same God as the Christian church. I'm not talking Jehovah Witness or Mormons, but we believe in the same God as you know Christians or Baptists or non-denominational. Yet they all have different answers for why this is happening or who's wrong and who's right. And that's what bothers me about why I'm questioning God is I don't. That's why I'm going back to I want to question God in front of God. I don't want to question God in front of man because you see what's going on today, and I've been all over the place this podcast but one thing I know clearly you go to people today and each pastor and each leader will give you a different stance and a different opinion and they will quote different scripture on why so and so is right and why so and so is wrong 
or riot, why they have a reason to, to, to riot and why they don't. And there's a difference between looting and rioting and, and why COVID-19 needs to happen to show people they really need God and this and that. And everyone will give you a different answer on why it's right and wrong. And I tell you, if you get anything out of the craziness and the all over the placeness of me in this podcast, is if you are questioning life and you are questioning things about God, questioning things in the Bible, yeah, it's okay to go to your pastor. It's okay to go to leaders in your church. But first, and I want you to do that personally, but first and foremost, question it to God. Propose those questions you have in the Bible, in your own life, why things aren't going your way, why you're a guy like me who's 28 and single and can't figure out life. Bring it to God first. Don't bring it to your secular therapist. Don't bring it to your secular teacher. Don't bring it to your secular coworkers. Bring it first and foremost to God. And then if you still want help, if you still feel like you need something, then go to your pastor. Go to your leaders. That's what I would say And out of all of this stuff. Because I've been questioning, but yet even in my questioning of God, even in my questioning of all these questions I have in the Bible, I've been bringing them to God. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I want you to be real, God. And in a sense, I want these things you're saying and the people I truly look up to are saying to be real. And I'm bringing that to Him. And He sees that. He doesn't see me going to some secular therapist and then people wonder why I walked away from the faith because I took secular advice. No, I'm going straight to the source. I'm going straight to God. And that's where I'm at. You, yourself, if you have questions about the faith, if you doubt God, then go to Him about your doubt. Don't go to other, don't go to secular people. Go to the source. One of my old friends wrote a song on that. You are the source. It was a worship song. And he said, you are the source of all we need. He is the source to your answers. You might not get them because I, I haven't had some of those answers in years. But keep going to him. Because he will give you bits and pieces along the way that will keep you, at least for me. It, he has given me just enough on the side to keep me going with my walk with him to keep questioning him and to not walk away at all and that's why I know he's real but he's given me just enough to keep me to keep me on that path and I hopefully one day I'll have some of these answers but I want to tell you now don't give up after like a day or a week because I've seen people pray for things they give up after a week and they walk away from God and it's stupid right. God is outside time so why are we going to give him a time on when we want an answer right that's that was my final thought. How much time do we have? We have about five minutes. Okay, that'll be quick. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to add, kind of similar to what you're saying, um, in a different version, is there's a quote by Dale Carnegie. He's a writer, and he said this not necessarily about Christianity in general, but about doubt, and it kind of applies. He said that inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear. Do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. In a similar sense, that's kind of what you're saying, is don't just sit there and be like, I don't understand this. Oh, well, I guess I'll just give up. You know, no. Seek God about it. Mm -hmm. Do something about it. Read your Bible. Pray. You know, go to that source and try to find answers. And then after you've prayed about it, maybe see, talk to your past about it. See if there's any... uh, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like any resources or, or yeah, like, like research or literature about that particular thing. You know, figure out is there some other source, but do something about it. Don't just sit there and say, or like pray once and then wait a week and not do anything. Like do something about it. Be proactive, and in that action, you might find your answers, or you might find something that 
can maybe take your mind off of it and help your faith in other ways. Whatever the case is, do something about it. Don't just, I mean, that's, if there's one thing I can sum up from this entire podcast is when you face doubt of any kind, whether you're doubting God's existence, doubting why God does something, do something about it. Don't just sit back and accept it. Do something about it. Take action. You know, take a step out into the water. Whatever you got to do, take a step and don't let your doubt just push you into doing nothing. Um, that's my final thought. Okay, well, um, I, I would say the last thing I got another final thought. <laughs> Remember this life, um, we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know. Um, this life is a marathon with that thought in mind. So it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You're right. So why do we expect God to, why do we expect when we question God to get an answer like we're sprinting? Like we sprint to God, give me this answer. This isn't like the four by four relay. This is a marathon. So in this life, you might not get an answer on the first mile per se. Right. On your first mile of questioning in terms of, you know, uh, running marathon. But maybe you get it on mile 10. Maybe you don't figure it out until mile 15. But I tell you, keep questioning God and his word and question it to him, and he will help you find answers. I haven't found all the answers yet, but guess what? I'm still here at a table in our sanctuary recording this podcast because I still believe in God. Right. And I would say that my last thing is my third last final thought, because I'm good at adding multiple final thoughts here, is it is okay to be mad at God. It is okay to not feel joyful and, and feel godly spiritual pleasure towards God in your life at all times. There are going to be times where you're mad at God. How many people have died in your life and you were mad at God to allow that to happen? Whatever the reason, I don't know. It's okay to feel negative emotions towards God sometimes. What he doesn't want you to do, because he already sees it, he doesn't want you to hold it. He wants you to release it to him, and whether he answers your prayers or not, because there's many times where I was pissed off and fed up with God, and he didn't quite answer me, but he wanted me to release it. And I know this podcast is mostly to Christians, that's why I can say that. If we were talking about people doubting God's existence and they weren't Christian, that's more of a topic of evangelism. Right. And so that's what I would say to you guys. Question God. Go to Him first and foremost with all your doubts, your negative, your positive, your mutual feelings, and go to Him. And if you have a church, then thereafter go to your pastor, go to an elder, a deacon, a leader in the church, and seek it out. Hmm. This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. You can check us out on brokenness underscore two underscore faith on Instagram. Um, we tell you we update all the time. We don't, but we need to. We will. Get on us. Brokenness to faith at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns. I know this one was all over the place, um, but hopefully you heard our heart. Right. That was it. Like a sermon. You hope you can just get one thing out of a sermon. Hopefully you got one thing out of this. If this is one you disagree with us on, Email us. Talk to us. This is just our feelings. We quoted some scripture, gave you some background. Doubting Thomas, have a cook one. Check them out. Um, We thank you for listening. Um, Have a good week. Peace. Later.